Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 20, where it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. As followers of Christ, we learn to practice certain spiritual disciplines, like prayer, meditating on God's Word, giving. These are all practices that feed our spiritual health. Faith is like a muscle that, through exercise, becomes stronger. Now, among these practices, we don't usually include thanksgiving when we really should, because spiritual disciplines have to do with choices. When we make the same choices over and over again, we develop a habit. They become more and more automatic. For instance, when I was a kid, I can remember hating it when my mom told me to go brush my teeth. I didn't like to brush my teeth. And as a six-year-old, I saw no benefit to brushing my teeth. As a kid, I surely thought that as soon as I'm grown up and I'm on my own, I'll never have to brush my teeth again. But now as an adult, having seen the benefits of having healthy teeth and breath that doesn't scare people, I just do it. I don't think about it. And it's the same for many things. I don't get up every day and wonder if I'm going to take a shower or get dressed. I don't waste a single second laboring over those decisions. They've become non-negotiables. I just do them. I imagine you're the same way. In our walk with Christ, we want to establish non-negotiables, things that are not optional, choices that through constant repetition become faith habits. Faith, by definition, is an action driven by a belief. That's why James says faith without works is dead. He's not saying that faith and works are two separate things that need to be exercised in combination. He's saying that faith will have a physical manifestation. We tend to equate faith and belief as being the same thing. But the Bible says Satan believes, and yet he's condemned. I love how Paul says in Romans 10 that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. It's this heartfelt belief that leads to confession, which Paul then defines as saving faith. So why is Thanksgiving so important? So important that every one of us should make it a non-negotiable practice is one of the most basic expressions of our faith in God. This passage we read in Romans 1 gives us the answer to that question, where it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This shows us how glorifying God, acknowledging Him as the divine Creator of all things, and giving thanks to Him, aligns our thinking and the way we see the world with God's perspective. There is a warning here that we all need to heed. 
we often don't realize how dependent we are upon God for right perspective on reality. We think that through our own senses and intellect, we can understand who we are before God. We can understand our own circumstances, that we can understand the reality around us. We do not have the ability to rightly discern reality apart from God's revelation. We see this throughout the scriptures, through people like Gideon, who God called a mighty warrior while Gideon was hiding in a cave, telling God how he was the least of all those in Israel. Or by Elisha, who prayed that God would open the eyes of his servant to see the reality of the spiritual battle going on around them and how God's forces were far superior to those arrayed against them. But for me, one of the most profound examples is found in Luke chapter 24, where some of the disciples are walking along the road to Emmaus after Jesus' death, and the resurrected Jesus comes and walks right alongside them and begins explaining to them how the Messiah had to die and be raised from the dead, and these guys did not recognize him. These were men who had spent the last three years with Jesus. Can you imagine anybody that you have known that intimately and for that long talking to you face to face and you not being able to recognize them? It was only when God opened their eyes that they finally recognized him. This is what God is saying in Romans 1. All creation is right in front of our eyes and testifies to the existence, the eternal power and divine nature of God the Creator. And yet, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. And then what does it say? Their thinking became futile. That is, their vision of reality became 180 degrees out of phase. They did not have the ability to perceive reality accurately. This is what happens to us who know God when we don't give glory to Him as the God of creation and we don't give thanks to him. Thankfulness seems like a small thing among all manner of human behaviors, and yet it is such a key to living with right perspective and thinking. And not only that, but there is an effect on the condition of our hearts as well. Romans 1 shows us that the natural trajectory of the human heart apart from God's grace is towards sin and depravity. Romans 1 goes on to say, Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then look what happens next. Starting in verse 22, it says, Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, Just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. 
They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow. And to think that this whole downward spiral of depravity started where? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. The simple act of giving thanks to God is powerful on so many levels. It begins with a choice and leads to a change in our perspective and an alignment of our thinking with God's truth and God's perspective, which is actual truth and reality. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. Today, let's make thanksgiving a non-negotiable. Let's make it something that we do continually. And let's see what God does to open our eyes to the reality of his glory and his presence that is all around us, actively at work in our lives and in the circumstances we face. Amen.